Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the Food John Podcast, episode number 43. I'm one of your host, Mills. What's going on? I'm your man, P. You said 43. Yeah, bro. Yeah. We up there. Dang. We, we approaching a year, bro. Yeah. So what's going on, brother? How are you? Tired. Man, listen. Guys, we be back doing the phone the phone pod. Listen, I came down with a mean case of food poisoning, bro. Real bad. You alright? Yeah, I'm better now. It was rough though. I knew it was rough because we actually were supposed to link up. You was like, yo, what time you get off work again the next day? And I was like, uh, this time. And you was like, all right, bet. As soon as you as soon as you line that up, I said, Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm not seeing him. Oh, yeah, 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 bro. I was down. Listen, them ghost pepper wings, not going to say where they from because they don't get no love from me at this moment. They was great going down. Once it got in my stomach, it was a wrap. Mm. So what's going on, man? Let's get into the tales. You got something? I do, actually. Okay, okay. Let's kick it off, good brother. And my tales is recent. My tales is from last week. Okay. So, I'm at work. Now, mind you, you know, I am the sous chef there, but I am also like the all-purpose everything guy. Do a little bit of everything. So, when we have football games, we have an actual like concession stand and one end zone. And then in the opposite end zone, we do a uh, concessions tent. They put a tent up, whatever the case may be. So I manage the concessions tent. But part of my job is to not only make sure that everything I need for the concessions tent is set up properly, I also hook up the fryers that are used over at the concession stand um, outside behind the concession stand because we, you know, we run them. So depending on the game, we might have anywhere between, let's just say seven to 10 fryers. And you know, you know how, you know how it goes when you hooking them up, propane tank, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fryer, oil, all that stuff. The bitch is actually lighting them because getting the air to go through the line from the propane tank to the fryer, right. bro, burnout, bro. I'd be burnt out. But last week, the weather wasn't that good, and that game was expected to be a little light. So they only ordered seven fryers for that game. The game was also early. It was at kickoff was at 1 p.m., which means gates opened at 1130. So I go over there. I'm sorry. Gates opened at 12. It was only an hour before kickoff. Um, I go over there and do my thing. Hook everything up. Make sure they're lit the whole nine yards. Now, here's where I had a crazy brain fart. So, I'm used to our games being later in the day. So, my mind was still operating on the game isn't at 1 o'clock. 
the game is later in the day. So let me just make sure they're lit. And then when they come over, they can um, turn them on so that the uh, the oil and everything will start to get hot. Bro, when I tell you, when I got the last fryer lit at like 1030. Gates open at 1130. You know, I never turned those fryers on. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, you heard me. The oh. fryers were lit, but I didn't turn them on oh, so the bugger. oil can get hot. But, I mean, an hour should be an adequate enough time. But, see, I never did the propane thing with the fryer, so you would know better than me. Is an hour, maybe 20 minutes, good enough time before them joints to heat up? Bro, they got over to the concession stand to, because, to, mind you, again, I set everything up. I did the fryers. I um, filled up the wells inside the concession stand. Is literally bring the food with them over to the concession stand and come over. The, the The logic behind it was they were operating so that all they had to do was come over and get started. So they expected to come over and just start dropping wings and dropping fries and shit like that. But with the fryers not being on, they were backed up. So the oil didn't get hot until maybe a half an hour after gates opened. Damn. Luckily for me, it was light. There wasn't really anybody there, and the weather was bad. So they had adequate time to get it done. But just imagine if it was like homecoming or something, and the weather was nice and it was packed, and they had to turn all those people away to wait for the fryers to get hot because I didn't turn them on. Boy, put your head on a stake. <laughs> that might have been my last day. Hey, listen, bro, that's one thing you can't mess around with, them concessions. Believe you me, I learned, I learned, I had my first uh, concession probably like a year ago and I was like, oh no, they gotta be perfect. You can't forget nothing. Bro, let me tell you something. Concessions just like anything else, just like, you know, what you what you used to do most recently, what you're doing now, what I'm doing now, back at the hotel, back at the diner, back when you was at the telly. It doesn't matter what you're doing when it comes to food and beverage. You just better be on point anywhere and everywhere because a minor fuck up or a major fuck up could be detrimental to the entire operation. No, that's a fact for sure. So, uh, pardon me guys. That's the, the unofficial third member of the pie, my dog Basil, but, uh, real quick. So before I get in my tails, um, just want to intro it a little bit. Our topic for this week is we showing love to utility, dishwashers, stewards, just the heart and soul of the kitchen. So this isn't necessarily really a tales. This is just a shout out. Shout out to my guy, Tori. If you if you're a member of the Patreon, you know, Tori man's was a dishwasher. Worked his way up. Shout out to his brother, too. Brother was a brother was a uh, dishwasher, worked his way up. So matter of fact, shout out to Tori and shout out to Rel. Um, 
just if you stay if you stay grinding you all keep your your ears open and your mouth shut you could get real high in this in this in this field case in point me and you both starters dishwashers now we running things um so let's get into it man got any <laughs> what do you remember about being on dish oh my goodness bro what i got this i got dish stories for days and the crazy part about it is I think the funniest dish stories, we already shared them on like the third or fourth episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Let me see if I can think of something else. It don't even necessarily got a big story. Just tell, you know, give your experience of like what you like, what you okay. hate it. You know what I mean? Just- so believe it or not, um, I love being a dishwasher. I absolutely loved it. And I'm going to tell you why. I loved it because it was a job in which you were completely isolated. Like you were left alone and you were left alone to do things at your own pace. As you, as I progressed and I got better at it, I was able to understand what dishes came back that they would need back right away. What dishes didn't really matter, what could wait, so on and so forth. I learned very fast, depending on who was in the kitchen that day, would totally dictate how your day would go. Um, I had a three-day, three-and-out rule. If I, if that bitch got a soak, mind you, we didn't know any better back then. But if that shit had to soak for two or more days, it went in the trash. Magician uh, over there, huh? You say you was a magician over there. They'd be like, "Damn, where that Rondo go?" <laughs> Which well, I one? never threw. I never threw anything like that away. Like, uh, like no Rondos, no, uh, no pots, no saucepans, no, um, no brazing, um, no brazing pots, nothing like that. The only shit that would go in the trash were hotel pans. Hotel pans, the worst to clean. And um, that was really it. Just hotel pans. And honestly, in my tenure as a dishwasher, I only had to throw three three pans away. One one full hotel pan and two half pans. That's not bad. No. Bro, listen, I would I was determined to get that shit clean. And if it had to soak for a day or two, then hey, so be it. But I felt like if I couldn't get a if I couldn't get something clean, I felt defeated. So it was like it was personal. Not me, bro. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. Complete opposite of you. I hated being a dishwasher. The worst thing I like I could do is wash dishes. Cause I don't know what it is. It's just a process I do not enjoy. But kudos to you. Learning about your downtime, especially if you know what you're doing as like a dishwasher utility person, you could squeeze six hours of work into two hours and chill for the other four. Hell yeah, bro. And Hell. that's <laughs> I hated being a dishwasher, but I thoroughly enjoyed my free time. Bro, why do you think I was always out the kitchen? Because my work was getting done. That's a fact, for sure. 
my work got done regardless. But I think also my saving grace for me was once I got a system down, because remember, when we worked the early shift back in the day, we had to be there at 630. The was, worst. That's the I worst. I was always there by like six. So I set my sinks up. Um, I mean, like, bro, because think about it. If you got to be there at 630, you set your sinks up, that water's scalding hot. By seven thirty, seven forty-five, you got you getting that first wave of dishes. You throw them in there, boom, they soaking. You come back to them, water's cooled down by now. And you ain't gonna scald yourself. You get right to it, right to it, bro. And them joints soak for a little bit. What? Wash, rinse, sanitize, put some joints off to the side. Now I'm chilling. That's true. That's true. I'm That's sure. the, that whole washing pots and pans. I couldn't. I couldn't get with it. I couldn't. It was just. It's just. I knew that would. That wasn't a thing for me. But I did it. I got it done. Don't mean I liked it. But what? No. I, yeah. For sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I get that because I didn't really care for it. I hated it in the beginning. I got very accustomed and very used to it very fast because we also had the dish machine at our disposal. So we washed what was necessary, but what wasn't necessary, bro, I just look, do a little quick in the sink real quick, get whatever out and just run it through the machine. But that joint go around the carousel. And let me, <laughs> let me tell you how Flossie Bird caught me like expediting by running everything through the dish machine. <laughs> she was like, Hey buddy, what are you doing? I was like, uh, you know, washing dishes. And then she hit me with the pots and pans going to three base sink. Plateware, cupware, silverware, they all go through the machine. You can't mix and match. And I was like, damn, I'm halfway done now. <laughs> and then I had to sit up there, fill up them three sinks for that the for the, the latter half. But cool, shout out to Flaw. She ain't let me she ain't make me, you know, rewash the the stuff I ran through. No. Floss, lover to death, Floss would not give you, not when I say you, you, I mean us. Floss wouldn't give us a break at all. She made sure that whether we listened to her or not, she was going to make sure we knew the right way to do shit. That's a fact. That's a fact. And and it's like, listen, Mike, now that you know, moving forward, if I catch you, and I bust your balls for it. I don't want to see no long faces. I don't want to hear no pouting and no whining and no complaining. Because at this point, moving forward, you just would have did it to yourself. That's true. And I could, damn, shout out to Floss too. I could tell you that, mind you, I met Floss, I'm like 15, 16. 90% of the stuff Floss taught me, I'm still reteaching to this day. And this is just sometimes like, Hey, you know, we're, you know, this the the steward dishwasher shout out episode. Cutting your corners when you're mopping. Um, if it's a big space, mop one side of the floor, wait for it to dry, do the other side. That way you don't, people aren't tracking footprints. Um, you know, just not tracking it elsewhere where like, dag, I didn't have to mop out here. Now I do because now there's like 
size 10, 11, 12 feet prints walking down the hallway. So, so much of the stuff that she taught me, like I still carry on to this day. But what I will say, two things for sure. I always tell my cooks, do not be the cook dishwashers hate. I've said this on the show before and I can't express it enough. Don't be the cook dishwashers hate. And then two, I hold my utility slash dishwasher slash stewarding team. I hold them above my cooks. They are the backbone of what we do. Nobody wants to go in that dish pit if you don't have to. So we always got to treat them with like a certain level of respect. They're not maids. They're not butlers. They're stewards slash utilities. It don't move without them. So I always like drill into my cooks and my chef's heads. Treat them with the utmost respect because the moment, and I've said this before, the moment they tell me that you gave them a hard time about something, you going to be in that pit by yourself. And that'd be your punishment. And nine times out of ten at work, the other one, the other one time I done had cooks be like, man, I'm chilling back here. Like, I don't got to do no work. I don't got to talk to nobody. Like, but nine times out of 10, people don't want to go back once they leave or if they, you know, especially if they never done it before. No, I get that. I definitely get that. But you couldn't have said it any better when you said that they're the backbone of the operation because I don't care how good of a cook you are. I don't care how good of, you know, a uh, chef, a, you know, chef de cuisine, whatever the case may be, whatever your job is, garmarger, whatever you do, I don't care how good you are at that. Without the stewards, dishwashers, utilities people, so on and so forth. It's impossible to do your job. One hand literally washes the other. But as cooks, we take way more than we give. And I've been in Preach. And that yeah. it, it, real quick, not to cut you off real quick, that I'm glad you said that because a lot of cooks don't even want to admit that to themselves, that, that that we're selfish as fuck. Oh, no, no. We take way more than we give. Way more. And I've worked in places where I would see um, cooks and, you know, so on and so forth yelling in the back, hey, I need blah, 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 blah. Or how long on this? Or I need y'all to hurry up. What y'all doing back there? All kinds of shit. But you don't know what's going on back there. You know why? Because you don't step foot in the dish room. I would always go in the dish room because I come from the dish room. So I know how crazy and backed up it can be, especially when it's just you. Oh yeah, and, and and you don't have a system, and you don't know bro, how to move like work around what the rush is, bro. I've seen so real quick when I used to work at the uh, when I used to work at the hotel. They had one dishwasher in the morning, 
And then they had another dishwasher come in around like 10 or 11. The morning dishwasher would work from 6 to 2.30. The split shift dishwasher would come in around like 10 and work until 7 or 6.30. And then the night dishwasher would come in at uh, three, no, four, and work until 12. And then not every day, but most days they had an overnight person that would come in at like 10 and work overnight from like 10 to 6. That morning person would get fucked every day. Every it, bro. day, bro. Every day, bro. Because whatever, and I don't understand it. Because if you have an overnight person and it's just you in there by yourself, the kitchen closes at eleven. Why is there still dishes the next the next morning from the day before? I'll tell you why. Because that motherfucker was sleep, dog. And <laughs> for sure. The- the morning, the morning dishwasher was this cool ass Haitian boy. Me and him was cool as shit. He since has moved to Florida, but he used to complain to me all the time. And I'm like, man, listen, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it sucks. I said, you know, you I, you ain't no snitch. I ain't no snitch. Or you need to say something. When I would have downtime, I would go in back. I would help him. You know, um, we you know we would use a dish machine. I would load the dishes. He would catch the dishes on the other end. I would help him get caught up because I know what it's like, bro. I know what it's like, and you know what it's like to be backed up when you're swamped and you feel like you're never going to catch up. And he was always super appreciative when I would come back and help him out. And I remember one day he said to me, Pat, you don't know how much I appreciate this. You're the only person that comes back here and helps me and gives me a hand with anything nobody ever helps me. I don't ask for help. I don't ask you to help me. You just do it, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that right there, that made my day. That's all I need. That's all I need. I ain't looking for nothing. For sure. But, you know, listen, like, one hand washes the other. I just hate seeing people get the shit into the stick unnecessarily when anybody can lift a hand but the fact they choose not to boggles my mind. Two things. I'm going to touch on two things. Number one, respectfully, I've never been backed up in a pit. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> two, it means so much more when the top dog helps the, 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 person, the lowest person on the totem pole. And it's a certain respect there. And... You guys, any utility dishwasher person I've ever worked with, I treat them like gold. What you want for dinner? No, no, I'm gonna get some of the staff. No, 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 no. What you want for dinner? I mean, can I get a lobster tail? I got you. Don't worry about it. Like you got to take care of the people. They got the shittiest job. So at the very least, you could do is show some appreciation, help them out. Maybe they don't even need any help, but the just doing it just because it's the right thing to do always always is going to transcend and it's always going to mean more because it's genuine 
sometimes like during my exec days, I would hop in a pit and talk shit. I'm supposed to be in the office. Like, y'all can't keep up. Nah, chef, get the fuck out of here. Like, no, 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 no. Come on, let's get it cracking. It just builds morale when you show them humanity. They not just dishwashers, they just people, they're people too. They're not machines. They're human beings. And so this is why this is why I kind of thought like this was something we really needed to touch on. Like, yeah, we did the front of the house. We always talk about back of the house, but we really need to like show love and appreciation to like the 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 ones that don't get no love, bro. Right. Last one real quick, because I know you I know we gotta move on. So but I remember last season at the, you know, um spot I am now. Um it was the first men's basketball home game of the year, of the season. And the company that we go through to get like stewards and dishwashers to come in and help, they shit the bed bad. And they sent us all the help that we needed, but they didn't send anybody for the dish room. And that's trifling. But I understand, especially with the work climate now, nobody really trying to do that. But I get it, though. Crazy part about it is they had the help to send the person on their end just shit the bed, bro. So typically to do the dish room. So let me just paint a picture picture real quick. So we have in the pavilion, we have one, two, three, four, five. We have five concession stands. Um, We have five concession stands. We have one, two, two, three club areas. Yeah, three club areas and two suites. I'm going to bleep some of this out. <laughs> just, just you know. So yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of uh, <laughs> you got a lot of outlets. Steve did uh, a lot. They got to do all the dishes, all that shit. Yeah. So it it takes about four to five people to do that, and for our dishwasher to not have no help. Oh no, they fuck. We up. all. Me, chef, all the other staff, we all jumped in the back with him. And we in that joint in the three-base sink, and we busting suds, and we washing dishes, and we running stuff through the machine. And carts kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And just when we thought we was done, we wasn't. We collectively were back there for like an hour and 15 minutes until all that stuff was done. but the look on his face and the level of appreciation he had for not leaving him fuck that fuck like that it was gold bro it was gold listen not for sure over over the course of my career i done had a couple interns you know culinary school kids and there is a certain air of arrogance that they have rightfully so to an extent just because you got your culinary degree and you have a certain level of knowledge doesn't mean you're immune from hopping in that pit 
And I can tell you, I done humbled many a culinary student of, well, I got to go to the dish pit. You low on the totem pole, so you can either go in the pit or go home. But it's also a lesson within that, too. You got to understand, you got to, with culinary um, students, you automatically have a leg up on your competition. There's a certain level that you understand that some people may not have just yet, but you're already like a step above. But what I always preach to my color, like the culinary students I had under me is if everybody walks out, are you going to shut down or are you going to keep going? If your whole dish crew walks out, what are you going to do? Appreciate, learn to appreciate the people around you. They are going to be the ones that make you money. So, uh, Stuart needs a day off. Just give it to him. What's the worst that could happen? And then, then as the head, you know, the person in charge, the chef or whatever, you make everybody help. And and you know, part of all my sues over the years, I make them manage the the stewards. No, 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 no. Managing, managing cooks is easy. Manage the stewards and the dishwasher and utility, receivers, that whole brigade. That's how you learn to be a manager because you have to, A, manage personalities. The work is intense and it's shitty. Now, if you get everybody to work together and work under one umbrella, like then it's like, okay, you get it. And that's where so many chefs kind of fall apart because they treat it as if like they're just the the lost boys. Like we don't deal with them over there. We just forgot about them instead of including them into the fold. You can speak to this and I can speak to this, too. We both start off as dishwashers. Now we're a echelon. You never know where the talent is. But with utility and dish, those are your hardest workers. Those are the people you want to bring up. Because they don't want to go back down. So they're going to bust their ass to figure out how to get, how to keep moving up and keep moving up and keep moving up. But they always have a respect for it because they did it. So I implore everybody, do do dish for a couple weeks. If you're in this industry, just do it for a couple weeks. Learn every position every job do everything in the kitchen so you have a firm idea from beginning to end how it's going to function and then i think to kind of put a button on it and which is kind of relates uh over on vegas they're picketing again as of four hours ago so they're not treating people fairly so you know what happens you're not treating us fairly then we out and we're going to be right outside the building with picket signs until you treat us fairly. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, man. You got something for motivational mic drop this week? Uh, me, uh, let me, matter of fact, I got, I got some. It's, it's really good. Let me kick it off. All right. It's actually a quote. Wherever and within this quote, whatever industry you're in, if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you an IT, replace the chef and cook references with whatever your occupation is. This is a quote by Marco Pierre White. 
As I've always said, cooking is a philosophy. It's not a recipe unless it's a pastry and then it's chemistry. So therefore, it's not just teaching them how to cook. It's sharing your philosophy and vision with them. It's as simple as that. A good chef is a Pied Piper. They follow him. Lead your people in whatever industry, occupation, career. Lead your people. Don't let the industry lead you. Every occupation, every career, it starts with the people. And if you can't lead people, that's not where you should be. And that's not what you should be doing. So... There you go. What you got, bro? I don't think I have anything after that. (laughs) (laughs) So good. What'd you say? I said, goodness gracious. Hey, listen, man. Sometimes, though, (laughs) matter of fact, I'm going to hold you down. You don't got one this week, but I do have a recommendation. And this this is for you as well. Everybody want everybody to go out and go get. All right. So, yeah, so we back. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but I'm a commandeer P motivational mic drop um, moment to say. Go get call me chef. Damn it. By chef Andre Rush. This book came out last year, 2022. I'm probably about like 85, 90 percent through the book. So I'll probably be finished by tomorrow. I implore everybody to go get that book. I don't want to get, get into too many details, but that is that is put that up there with Kitchen Confidential. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that so was a great grab. Yeah. It's 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 a good mesh of um the culinary world. And um, ironically enough, we always do different occupation comparisons. Uh, Chef Andre Rush was a member of the military. So I I promise you, I didn't pay too much attention to the chef part of the book, but everything he was going through in the military, I was going through within culinary. And Mm. yeah, it's, it's a really deep book. Like it gets into... Matter of fact, I know you know, for the people out there, if you haven't looked up who Chef Andre Rush is, everybody saw the meme of the black guy that was doing an action station and his arms were bigger than most people's bodies. Oh, him? Yes. Yes. He does a lot of he does a lot of meal prep, doesn't he now? Uh, He does a lot of stuff, bro. Check out his TikTok, all his social media. His name's Chef Andre Rush. Yeah, his arm, no, no. His, his listen, you know how they say Hulk Hogan had a 24 inch pythons? No. Nah. His jaw is 48. Bro, he goes into that too in the book. I implore everybody. And, you know, kudos to him. The initial genesis of this pod is, you know, this is for the people that look like us that's trying to get into the industry or been in it and just want to relive it. Yeah, go support that man for sure, bro. I'm telling you, it's a good book. All right, I'm gonna have to get it because I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, listen. You had to have seen this hulking figure with a chef jacket on. Everybody's seen it at least once. 
And, and then, the crazy part about it is mm-hmm. I'm curious as to what size his chef jackets are because they're not even that tight on him. Like, they fit. It's just that he has to wear short sleeve chef jackets. I can say this because it's not spoiling anything. They're all custom. Gotta be. <laughs> they all custom, yo. <laughs> Listen, matter of fact, put a pin in this. You, you know, once you get through it, when you get a chance and you get you to the book, we can go talk about the book on the show. Because I think you're going to take the same things I took just from a different perspective. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to grab that, John. I'm gonna grab it. Yeah, listen, we on Audible. You know, just <laughs> slide on over to the to the audio book instead of the podcast side, and you know, just listen to it while you're working. I wish I wish it was that simple. I wish I could do that. I can't listen to anything while I'm working except for like music because after a while. Whatever I'm looking to gets drowned out by everything that's going on around me. Clink, clink, clink. Hey, chef. Yo. What? Huh? (laughs) So, yeah, that's my book recommendation. Call me Chef Damon by Chef Andre Rush. Once again, I'm your host, Mills. I'm your man, P. Love, peace, and chicken grease. We'll holler at y'all next week. Peace. Peace.